0: Hey entrepreneurs it's your podcast mogul field better here i am excited for this episode as as i know you are before we jump into this episode i'm gonna ask you if you are also a podcaster and you're looking to grow your podcast or monetize your podcast make sure you stay till the end of the episode i have a special deal for you or a special offer if you will but ladies and gentlemen Without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul, Phil Better, as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better. And a special guest today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome podcast. back to another amazing episode of Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm, of course, your host with the most Phil better. And today we have a very special guest joining us. Someone who's been in podcast branding, strategy, an author, an experienced podcast. He does everything. He also helps value-driven coaches and consultants establish authority and become thought leaders in their niche via strategic impact podcast guesting appearances. He's also the voice of Evolution of Brand, a podcast featuring authentic stories and strategies from brand building professionals designed to help you grow your personal brand and succeed in your professional pursuits. Uh, Sorry, professional pursuits. Uh, Please put your hands together for Jason Kerskone pronounced the last name right i always i should have asked i always forget to ask how to pronounce you know and
1: name. i always say it, I, whenever we start and i realize i didn't say it and i'm like oh this will be fun to see what happens it's sir cone
0: sir cone okay yeah <laughs> jason thank you so much for being on the show even though i completely destroyed your last name
1: <laughs> no worries man it's not the easiest name in the world and i've heard a 100 variations throughout my lifetime but thank you for having me it's a pleasure to be here to speak with you and your audience today
0: um Before we begin, uh, you host a podcast, so you're a fellow podcaster like myself. How did you get into podcasting?
1: I started podcasting back in 2015 for all the wrong reasons.
0: Like most of us, okay?
1: Yeah, so I was working in the craft beer space. I had launched a craft beer advocacy blog, and that morphed into also developing an app. Very basic app, but the idea was that we would connect pittsburgh where i'm located to many of the events and the happenings and beer releases and all of these fun things that you'd have it right on your mobile phone and you would know what was going on and i ended up picking up a lot of partners from different bars breweries restaurants bottle shops you name it and the day i launched the app i got my first troll he came on twitter (laughs) and started tearing me down i'm terrible what are you doing this is a horrible thing blah 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 and we're going back and forth. And I just was like, what does this guy do? Why does he get to have an opinion on this? <laughs> and I looked at his profile and he hosted a beer podcast. And it just so happened that my friend and I had been kicking around some ideas about starting a podcast. We just weren't sure what we wanted to do. Like, what were we Were we going to talk about sports? We were big in the pro wrestling. We could talk about that. Like where do we want to go with this? Mm-hmm. And when I saw that he hosted a beer podcast, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I called my friend and said, we are going to do a beer podcast and we're going to do it better than this guy. And guess what? We absolutely did not. <laughs> we sucked at it. <laughs> we did all the no-nos that I would tell anybody now that's launching a podcast to do. We had, I mean, that little conversation was pretty much the extent of our planning. Ooh. We got some cheap microphones. We, we, did the first recording from a noisy bar? It was one of my partners with this app that I had launched, and it just so happened to be trivia night, which I didn't realize. So that was going on in the background while we're recording, and we didn't really get specific about our niche. We're like, ah, we'll talk about beer, but we like sports too. We'll so we'll throw that in there, and blah, blah 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 blah. We were just all over the map. So I always like to tell this story with fondness because it humbled me. I realized quickly that I wasn't just going to turn a microphone on and be, be as good as a guy who had been recording for years, mm-hmm. but it also rekindled my passion for audio because I had a radio show in college and it had been about a 12, 13 year gap from when I graduated to when I got into podcasting. But I knew almost immediately that I wanted to be behind the mic again. Cause I had, I was, I had so much fun with it, even though we weren't very good. I knew I wanted to stick with it so I could keep getting better And that brings us to where we are today. I've been going for eight years strong. Um, Actually, uh, well, yeah, a little over eight years as we sit and record today.
0: Awesome. I love that. So do you still host that beer podcast or has that been pushed to the side and slowly let to go die?
1: That? No, that wasn't even a slow death. That one was quick and painless. We ran that show as far as we could. I mean, I look back. Obviously, I learned a lot. It got me into podcasting, Mm -hmm. got to meet some tremendous people. Somehow landed an opportunity to talk with Claudio Sanchez, the lead singer of Coheed and Cambria. Oh, that, that's another long story. But yeah, like things like that started to become real because of having this podcast. And once that show had run its course, I started a second podcast of my own. And about 20-some episodes in, I realized that I really want to sink my teeth into podcasting. I really want to get better at this. And I think it might be time to just take some time away from the microphone to analyze what's happening so I can learn and build my skill set. So I stopped that show and just poured myself into education, listening to other podcasts, watching the news for more of an analytical slant and not watching for the news because who wants to do that, right? (laughs) The news is so much fun to watch. Yeah, right. And I listened to radio personalities as well. Really, what I was looking for was how they communicated. How were they telling a the story through the microphone? How were they speaking into the camera? What was the tempo? What was the cadence? Just things that I was—I was looking at all these different details. And I knew that as I was developing my skill set and then practicing it, just in the mirror or just sitting on my couch, whatever, I knew when I came back that I was going to be much more well-rounded. And that's pretty much how it happened. So that evolved into a couple other podcasts, but then during the pandemic, I launched a podcast that was dedicated to speaking to podcasters about being a better podcaster. That show's still out there, but I haven't contributed content to it or added content to it in a while because I've been focused on Evolution of Brand, which is the podcast I've been running since October of 2021 and two episodes a week since that date. It's been an absolute blast. And that's really when the amalgam of all my podcast experience coming together in a show that helps professionals build an undeniable personal brand.
0: I love that. And so how did you choose to build go into that brand? Because you started with beer all the way over here in beer and alcohol. (laughs) And now all of a sudden we're in brand. I know beers and alcohol use brands, but how did we transition from doing that to helping podcasters? And now you're over here helping uh, entrepreneurs, business owners and not build brands.
1: Yeah. Thank you, COVID. Right. So what (laughs) happened was I was building this beer brand and it morphed from The app had, that ran its course too, but it had, what it did was open up some partnerships where I was working with these breweries to get their products placed at bars, restaurants, helping them do some of their marketing and brand building. And that was really going well. And what happened was in the, in in that time, of course, I was still doing my podcast. And I also had a colleague come to me who wanted to start his, his own podcast. And he, Said, let me. Can I pick your brain. I want to know what I'm in for. And I said, sure. What do you need to know? He goes, well, tell me what. What's podcasting all about? What if I were to start a show? What would I need to know? And I knew if I sugarcoated it, he'd be very upset with me later on when he got into <laughs> it. They'd, Why didn't you tell me this? Why didn't you tell me? This? A so lot of
0: podcasters get mad when you you say, oh, it's so simple. Yeah, oh, God, that that's again, simple. That, that,
1: but that's something heart. I'm trying to remove to the from the equation completely because I think if more podcasters came at this understanding the work that's involved there'd be less pod fade. We'd have more active podcasts because I think that work, once people get started, when they realize, Holy cow, there's some heavy lifting here. That's when they walk away. Mm-hmm. So I laid out the cards for my buddy and he told me, wow, that's a lot more than I had thought. And I said, yeah, it's, there, there's a lot to it. And I said, what, what about this? What if you and I partner and I'll help you with a lot of this back end work, I'll help you record. I'll handle the editing and we'll get everything in place for you. He loved the idea. And that was where, a new division of my business was born. So it just so happened going into 2020, my birthday is on December 29th. So December 29th, or December 29th, 2019, I turned 40. And typically every year at the end of the year, I always look back on the year that was. And for whatever reason that year, the big question I asked myself was, okay, dude, you're 40. Do you want to be doing this? into your fifties and into your sixties and even through your forties. And the answer that came back was no, like the passion that I had for being in beer that I started in my early thirties, that wasn't there anyway. It just wasn't as strong. But at the same time, my little business had taken off. Well, I was, I had made some great relationships. We were, everything was humming. And then March of 2020 came around and the world shut down including all the places we were selling beer to even the (laughs) tap rooms that we were selling beer from all closed so i had to get incredibly creative to stay afloat just while we worked through what we didn't know like what when is this going to end how long will this take and it was in pennsylvania i mean i know it was state to state everybody had different laws and regulations and mask mandates whatever and it was a crazy crazy time but I knew in in that moment, I'm like, okay, I've already been thinking a change is in order. And now the universe is forcing my hand. It's probably going to be time to make this transition. So what I did was make sure I I had some clients lined up on the podcasting side. I was working with them. And then I just slowly phased out working with the beer people and they knew, and they were completely fine with it because they knew we couldn't do the same level of business we were. Mm -hmm. And I had a new passion and that's where I've been running for Running towards ever since and just continuing to build upon this skill set and making more great relationships now in the podcasting space and in more so in the business world as a whole, because I'm not just working with podcasters. I work with anybody that's looking to elevate their brand
0: and leverage this medium to do so. I love it, and uh, I'm definitely going to talk to you afterwards. Because uh, if you have cl- people that want to come on the podcast, I psh, you're like a podcast booker. I'll t- I'll steal you all day. Uh, well, I'm not a booker. You have podcasters that you work with, and I have a po- yeah. show for podcasts. So yeah, perfect. You you're go. a pod booker now for me. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> okay, personal pod booker. You're my personal pod booker.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, um, new job.
0: Yeah, your new job. You can put it on pod booker for Phil <laughs> better. <laughs> um so you had this passion for audio from your college days like most things in college we had to put the toys away when we became adults mm-hmm. um and then i'm sorry if there's noise there's construction going around in the building <laughs> yeah. so if there's noise coming through uh, i apologize to my audience and to you jason um but you put away your toys you started this beer which is more of an adult toy um and then you switch up to podcasting now, you you specifically focus on getting podcasters or people onto get guest onto podcasts.
1: It's mainly it, it's more about the consulting end and, and and teaching them the tools. Okay, and what I discovered from my time in this space, and really what what is, how this all came about was when I was helping the gentleman that I mentioned earlier get his podcast off the ground. We had initially started, he wanted to just do solo recordings where he could get his thought leadership established. Mm-hmm. And I said, Great. So we were meeting at his house and we were putting this content together and we'd do batch recording sessions. So I said, Look, you know, we could get, you know, five, six, seven episodes knocked out and then you're set for a month, month and a half. And it was going fine. And then when COVID hit, we were, not getting together because we were all in shutdown and quarantine. And so he said, listen, I want to start looking at doing guests. And since we can't get together, I'm going to start talking to them virtually. I said, okay, that's great. We can start looking around for people. Do you have any in mind? He said, yeah, I know some people I'd like to talk to. And we started there. And in doing that, I received an email from a booking agency. Full transparency, I didn't even know it was a thing. I thought it was spam at first. Like, what? what is this? And then I looked and they had a legitimate website and I went and looked. I'm like, this is real. This is awesome. And I told my client about it and he said, yeah, let's run with it. So we started looking at people that would be a good fit. And I started talking with those people and finding out what they were doing with podcast guesting and this is how it all opened up to me and this as soon as I heard what they were doing I was like I want to be a part of this because in a lot of ways this transcends podcasting it's not just about what can happen on the show this is relationship building this is networking this is establishing that thought leadership in a profound way so I dove in and what I was learning as I got deeper into it is that a lot of people even though they might have an agency finding them shows they still didn't have fundamental skills on how to maximize each guest appearance. So communication was a bit off. They were coming to the interviews unprepared. They were coming to the interviews in transaction mode, hoping to make a sale today, not thinking about the networking opportunity that lies in front of them and how that could transform into maybe that podcaster needs exactly what you're selling. Maybe they have some people they work with who could use exactly what you're selling, but if you show up as a sales machine, many podcasters are going to get turned off. They're probably going to not do anything to bend over to help you. And in a lot of cases, they may not even air your episode because you were nothing but a sales machine. So I wanted to bridge that gap and, and help people understand that getting on good shows is a big part of this. But once you get there, you need to have a strategy in place. You can maximize the conversation you're having and then maximize the content once it goes live. So I developed a training program and there has been booking involved with that, but I've transformed it now into a just full blown training and consulting and ongoing support. But in doing that, I can show you how to automate some of the outreach, but also if you've got an assistant or a VA that's booking for you and finding you opportunities, I'll work with them. So they understand the communication process and we create outreach that actually gets responses because sometimes, and Phil, you can attest, you're a podcast.
0: Oh, 100%. I'm already, right? thi- like, I know where you're going with this. I'm thinking yes. of at least a dozen emails I've received <laughs> that were so generic.
1: You're right. Generic. Oh. It's, it's some, I mean, it's a podcast. It? It's
0: great. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. It's, it's not it's an brutal. episode title. N- nothing about the show other than just the name that I know you got off an RSS feed from <laughs> like one of yeah. those websites that pulled that information. I fully know. Yeah. I don't mind it because sometimes I need content and I make the decision afterwards whether or not to air it. It's my right. But mm-hmm. some of those emails.
1: Oh, it's bad. And, and that's just it. I think it, it all starts with the proper correspondence, mm-hmm. because if you don't stand out, you just mentioned a dozen emails. And within that, you, again, so you're now part of that clump. And if something in that, message that you sent just blends in with the rest. And a lot of the outreach is a seven figure earner. And I've been on this many shows or I've written this many books. And I mean, again, like all these accomplishments are great. And I, I never denigrate anybody for what they've achieved, but I need to know what attracted you to my podcast. What do you like about the content and how can you contribute to that content to make it better? To, to add more value to the audience because end of the day, that's what it's all about. If you don't tell me that on the front end, it's I, I don't have to say yes to anybody, but I think a lot of people come at this with entitlement. I've earned all this stuff. I have all these You're great so things. Honored. So I, I, yeah, I'm a perfect fit for your show. That's my least favorite line. You can't make that determination. Only I can. And even me, I'm never going to say anybody's a perfect fit. because Perfection is unattainable to quote Tin Cup McElroy, or oh, McAvoy, <laughs> right? But it's it's not hard either. It, it's all about putting it in the podcaster's court and making them feel incredibly valuable for what they're bringing to the world. That's going to put you in a position of prominence to where you're recognizing they're doing something special, and you want to help them do it. You want to add to the value in their their mission to communicate with their audience. So when you present yourself in that fashion. You open up many more opportunities. And so once you land that guest spot, there's a, you go to the next step. But so many people get tripped up on the very first one. I just got in a big email exchange with a PR agency that I was just like, no, no, no. Like, listen, like, I, you're not telling me what I need to know. And then he just <laughs> said, forget it. And I said, okay, it's already forgotten. But, you know, I'm not mad. I'm just saying, like, I can help you do this better. But, mm. you know, they, not but they're a PR firm. Have, they know
0: how to do it. They know how to do
1: it. Well, there you go. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think it's... It, I just launched an initiative for PR agencies specifically and that it's for full training where I'll train every agent in the building on how to do this right. And it starts oh. with the outreach. And that's, and I'm, I mean, I'm just getting that off the ground. So there's no, like, I don't have like, Oh yeah. And it's led to all these results. Like I'll, you know, bring me back in about oh, a year. Yeah, you,
0: you're already we'll coming again. back. You're already coming <laughs> oh. back for sure. Um, I'm already cause... working
1: smarter, not harder. I love it. <laughs>
0: Hey, look i have someone that can come back and be a guest and teach us more stuff why would i say yes to that you know better
1: say yes to that (laughs) i will no to that
0: (laughs) um you can hold me to it you have my link so you can sign up whenever you want you're free to come in and talk about whatever you want on the show because i love having other podcasters who are entrepreneurs as well because there's like a camaraderie like i talked to so far over 200 entrepreneurs and unfortunately not all of them have a podcast so yeah. the connection it's a little harder, but when you have a podcast you you already know what you need to bring as a guest. you right. need to know that you have to talk a lot, but you have to make yep. sure you you're you're providing value like you said yeah, you already know what you're going to give to the audience like mm-hmm. you're just the the last 19 minutes of you just talk well us talking, but you talking specifically about bringing value to your pitch is so important. like what are you bringing yeah. I, I don't care your your accomplishments are great what are you yeah. bringing to my audience cuz that's what yeah. i care about like how are you going to help my audience and with you saying here's the value that i can bring to your audience in the pitch you already stand above like that just right there i don't i don't even want you to fill out any of the forms i just want you on my show now yeah. so i can get that value before you decide no i don't want to give it anymore
1: <laughs> that's why i feel my consulting services not and believe me not to go into sales mode i just this is just one quick second of this is why i know i can help is because I'm bringing a podcaster's mindset and a podcaster's mentality to the work that I do. So I know what podcasters are looking for, what they're they're going to respond well to. And I'm not above or beneath picking up the phone and and calling you up and saying, Phil, I found your show. Love it. I've got some people that I'd like to send your way, but I want to make sure they're good fits before I just start blindly sending outreach emails to you. (laughs) Tell, Tell me what you want. Tell me what your ideal guest looks like then I can say, okay, I've got this person and this person that I work with. I'm going to send them your way. That, to me, is strong recruitment, and it helps everybody win because now the people I represent are landing on shows where their message is going to be well-received. You, as a podcaster, are not having to filter through dozens of emails looking for the right fit because if you, if you do a weekly show, you can only bring 52 people on. I'd venture to guess that most podcasters in some way, shape, or form get that type of correspondence sent their way in a matter of three or four months between emails, any directory services that they use. There's a number of ways to bring guests your way, but the outreach is typically because it's so broad in a lot of cases, you get so much that you can only pick a handful and you're going to pick the ones that stand out. So I want to make sure I'm sending people that stand out.
0: Yeah, no, it's, 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 I, I love connecting with either pod bookers or people who run podcast agencies because they understand they understand the the, the proper way of guests um you you gave us some tips on how to you know make sure you put the value first for the community the audience that you're listening to but I want to focus more on like people who are looking to start their own business because you you started your beer business while you were working with at at another company or was it just okay so it was a side hustle that turned into somewhat of a main hustle that then had to create another side hustle to take over
1: yeah yeah that was uh i mean i i the entrepreneurial bug bit me when i was 13. i i started i fell backwards into a an opportunity that i realized could make money and it wasn't like it made game changing world changing money but but for a 13 year old it was for a 13 year old absolutely it did <laughs> I was big into sports card collecting and right down the street from my house a uh, gentleman had a card shop that he had set up in his basement so it was almost like the allowance burnt this huge hole in my pocket walking or riding my bike from my house to his house <laughs> and there were other card shops in town and it just got to be a big thing like at that point in my life that was like what thir- sixth grade seventh grade eighth grade it was at the height of the popularity, and I, I believe it's probably in that range it again. Came these back days. Now we're in
0: that yeah. I think we're at we're at a standstill with the height. I don't think it's growing anymore. We're yeah. standing, but the uh NFT's really helped it.
1: I think so too. I agree. But that's where it started because when I had built a relationship with the gentleman who owned this shop and he said, Hey, I've got something to run by you if you're interested. I have a partner and we are doing a card show this weekend at the mall, but he had someone he was going to have with them to watch the table so he could step away go to the bathroom get mm-hmm. food whatever but they're not able to help would you be interested in purchasing a table and partnering up with him and you know you obviously you pay whatever the I mean, not like it was like 65 70 bucks i had to pay for the table he's like but anything you make profit wise that's all yours I'm like yeah i'd love to do that so we did. I mean, I remember? I remember it because I came home and I told my dad, and he was like, "Okay, cool." He's like, "What do you need?" I was like, "Well, we, I need some display cases." So we ran to the hardware store and we got some wood and we slapped together a couple of display cases. Like we, and he was all in on helping me, and that's really where it all started for me. So I always had that entrepreneurial spirit, and as I got older, I tried different things, and this craft beer blog was really how it started. I was just sitting at a bar waiting for my girlfriend we were going to a baseball game at the the pirate state the pittsburgh pirate stadium pnc park is right next to this bar and everybody would always go to this bar before the game so i was there waiting for her and i got there early enough that i was able to get us a couple seats at the bar and i was just sitting there but then as it got packed more people came in and this guy came up to the to the bar and he tried to order a bud light and their lineup of beers was the craft beer variety. They didn't have Bud Light. And he got all upset. Oh, uh, well, I have a Miller Light, And they're like, we don't serve that either, sir. Like, like well, what is the closest thing to that? And they're like, well, I guess Yingling would probably be the closest. We also have some other beers from these other. I don't want anything from those other breweries. Give, give me the Yingling. So bartender went to get him his beer. He looked right at me. It's just how this all happened. It was just purely by coincidence. He just happened to be standing right next to me. He looked at me he goes, How the hell does this place think it's going to survive without Miller Light and Bud Light? To which I looked at him, I was like, Dude, look around you right now. This place is packed. I mean, <laughs> I think they're going to be okay. <laughs> They'll survive. Uh, so he was all upset. Well, you know what you're talking about. So when he walked away, I was sitting there and you know, by myself. So I just had some time to think. I'm like, There are a lot of people like this guy that just don't know. And it's not even ignorance, it's just that these little breweries that are starting to come up, there was this groundswell. Mm-hmm of new beer that people were slowly but surely starting to find. And I felt maybe another voice of advocacy could be helpful. And in my head, I thought a blog is a great way to do this. I'm just going to start writing about the product, writing about beers. I'll start connecting with bars that are featuring these products. I'm not asking for money. I just want to feature their their business and build some relationships because I have no track record in this game. And that was really how it started. And before long, I had written a couple posts that went viral and me, I mean, I don't buy a lot into virility. I was just looking at it saying, okay, I got to keep building now. Cause now it's on the map to some degree. And that was where the idea for the app came. And I just kept building relationships and partnerships. And in my head, I knew I wanted to run with this and I was going to make it special, but my full-time job was also going very well. And I, I remember saying to myself when the time comes, I'll tell that job that I'm going to exit, but I'm not going to just leave them hanging. I was in a management role. I wanted to help them make a transition. So they weren't hanging because I felt that loyalty to that company. And I had it in my head. Once this is big enough to sustain me, that's going to be my path. And then one Wednesday morning, they just up and fired me unexpectedly (laughs) and rewrote the whole story. And that was where I said, all right. After I got went and had some beers that night, woke up the next morning and just looked at myself in the mirror and said, it's either dust up the resume and put this out there or you've got the framework for a nice little cottage industry start running with it go in all in on yourself and i chose the latter never look back
0: oh i love it and the freedom must have been great for you
1: it helped I'll tell you, I, I've i had that conversation with people because I did, you know, in full transparency, harbor some resentment for that company for the way they let me go. I felt things were progressing very well. Numbers reflected that. I had just interviewed for a regional management position like a month, month and a half prior, and then found out an employee would throw me under the bus. And instead of talking to me about it, just cut me loose and is what it is. I'm over it. I'm not harboring those that resentment now. But in the beginning, I was. But when I look back, they gave me the gift of time. Mm -hmm. I now had much more time during the day to pour into building my little industry, my little business.
0: And that's what I I did. I love it. Um, What is a memory you have throughout the whole career from the beer to now? A memory that either cemented why you do what you do or that a win that a client had that cements why you do what you do.
1: For me, it's 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 all about the big breakthroughs, and that's something that – I've seen that a number of different times, but I would say, whew, well, you know, beer industry, the memories aren't as clear as when you're outside the beer industry for obvious reasons. I would say – this was something that, I mean, it ended up benefiting me, but it's also something that's incredibly memorable because it ties both of these two things together. Because when we had that beer podcast, I had the opportunity to, well, actually it wasn't even an opportunity. It was just, it started as nothing. My partners at this one brewery, the head brewer is a co-owner and he and his assistant brewer, big co and Cambria fans. And we knew they were coming to town. So, I just thought one day I was out doing sales calls and I just sat down for lunch. I said, I'm going to try something. And I went into, and I found the band on Twitter, which of course not the band exactly. It's whoever managed the account, sent him a message and said, Hey, just throwing this out there. When you guys are coming to Pittsburgh, we are huge fans and we would love to invite you down to the brewery for a tour and feed you and all this good stuff. And, on my head I'm like I'm going to do this as a surprise cuz this will just blow them away right mm-hmm. They end up responding with wow that's so cool that you're connected with a brewery would you guys like to collaborate on a beer together I was like holy <laughs> crap like I <laughs> I raised <laughs> expectations here <laughs> Somebody up here right so like I'm sitting there like oh my god was not expecting that response so I said well what did you have in mind and they had some ideas that were probably a little too grand for a small neighborhood mm-hmm. brewery to. And I can't remember exactly, but I know there was talk of having the beer shipped to all the different states they were touring in, which, you know, if that could have been logistically accomplished would have been cool as hell, but yeah. that just wasn't feasible with distribution laws. And we're also a self-distributing brewery. So it's not like we can deliver beer to Arizona and California <laughs> in, in our little van. So I had to rethink. And so I, so I ended up coming like, well, what if we just did something locally? And they said, okay, you know, let's do that. So we were able to get a partnership with one of the local radio stations. We were able to get this whole thing organized to where we'd have this big pre-concert launch party that would introduce the beer. And I didn't know this, but the the band ended up coming. The whole band came to the event and got a booth. and. I just threw this out there and said, "Listen, would it be possible to sit with the band and do a podcast episode for my show?" I figured it was a long shot that they wouldn't want to do that. There wasn't even hesitation. I'm like, absolutely, we'll hook you up with that. So, what the, I mean, and where I'm going with this? Obviously, for me, it was incredible. But the guy that I was, I was going to surprise with the band coming to hang out. He got to come be on the podcast with me too. Got to meet his hero. And I remember you just sitting there the whole time kind of like, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. I don't (laughs) know what to say. This is just so, you know, to see somebody get to experience something like that, that's why I do what I do. It's not just from the business side. It's from the personal side too, because so often those two things bleed together. Mm -hmm. And and I'm like, I I consider myself like, there's a different name or label you can put on it. I've been into a book called Relentless. He, the Tim Grover, who's the trainer for Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, he labels those type of people as cleaners. They're not looking for the recognition once it's done. They're just moving on to the next thing. But they're able to help people along the way, and they're able to help them grow and experience good things. I wouldn't say that I fully reach Michael Jordan mentality or Mamba mentality. There's no way, but I'm 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 trying. I'm gonna keep working towards that. But getting that opportunity, like I said, he got to meet his hero. He there's from his favorite bands, so he got to have that conversation. Had I not had a podcast, that never would have happened. And then we got to have that. Or even if I hadn't sat down on Twitter and just got creative for a minute, that might have never happened. And then after the podcast, we all went to the event and they said, hey, we don't have anybody to introduce at the bands here. Would you like to do that? They said that to me. I'm like, uh, yeah, that sounds awesome. So now I'm standing up in front of the whole place and I get to introduce the band being there and the place went freaking wild. And like, I'm in a dream right now. Like this was so over and above what I expected. And, you know, and I'll, you, you want to trace it back to part zero, if that dude hadn't trolled me. <laughs> I wouldn't have had that podcast. <laughs> it's that all thanks to a, to a troll. S- no, actually say, like, it's thanks to a guy who
0: wanted Miller light.
1: That's actually right. You're going back even further. That's a very
0: good And then we can go even further back to your friend who said, Hey, do you want a booth? You want to partner up for a booth? Like that's the entrepreneurial, but yeah, the epicenter of your podcast and that event was probably that Miller Lite guy. Mm-hmm. That guy saying, hey, I want a Miller Lite. We don't have it. And then you going, well. like."
1: I often good. thought about that a lot. And it's funny how things end up working out over time. Because when that bar was what it was. Oh, what is the name? It was called Beer Market.
0: And we have one took- here too. <laughs> Do you? In Canada. We have a beer market in Canada. All right.
1: Yeah. Well, Beer Market became Beer Head. And I remember when it was that both iterations. I wanted to work with them. Because I am like, this would just be apropos. This is where it all started. This is where the idea came to be a thing, or at least the concept started. And it ended up the third owner that ended up taking the place over who owns it now. And he's done a phenomenal job transforming the whole thing. Ended up buying the bar next door. So now he has two locations side by side. He's blowing it up down there. Ended up doing some work with him for a couple of years. I almost got emotional. When he caught one because he knew who i was through my podcast and Mm -hmm. all the work i was doing for the breweries and he wanted me to help him with some of his marketing and i sat down with him and we worked on things together and that to me meant a lot to all because this is where the idea was born i wouldn't be here if i hadn't been sitting at one of your bar stools 2013 just minding my own business and some guy wanting a beer that you didn't carry oh
0: that is that is incredible um and that's a great memory. Like that is like yeah. going from, hey, I'm just going to throw this out on Twitter and see what happens. And it goes from zero to 100 right quick <laughs> Yeah. Um, with someone going, yeah, let's let's do a let's make a a, a mini brew of mm-hmm. beer. And then yeah. it goes to a podcast to you being on stage in front of a huge audience. Yeah. All yeah, from the- a pack,
1: Yep. Pack bar. And I get to get the mic and do my thing. It was awesome.
0: Just oh. Awesome. That's insane. Insane. I don't even want to end this episode. I just want to know all your 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 secrets and the <laughs> deepest, darkest events that have happened. Well, not maybe not your darkest. Well, events. I was just say, I, whoa, no. <laughs> no. We're, we're, we'll we'll stay on the light side and not go down the path of uh the Sith here. Um <laughs> but I want to know where do you see you and your and your company in the next five years?
1: For me, I I, I have had this conversation with some people. See my, my idea of coaching and I owe this a lot to a gentleman named Wiley McGraw. Wiley was guest one on my podcast. Him and I hit it off immediately. learned we had a lot in common. I've done some work for him. He has had me on his podcast. We've developed a friendship and I just, I can say thank you to podcasting for making that happen. He is what he has been labeled as is a radical performance accelerator. And he does not just do traditional coaching. The work he does is very, very in depth. And he he just gets in your head and he changes your mindset in a big way. And there, it goes much deeper than that. But the point I'm driving at is he's taught me a lot about the power of helping someone make a real transformation and not get them stuck in a hamster wheel to where they are constantly needing to come back to you for guidance. So it's not about coaching. per per se. It's about helping somebody and partnering with them and helping them tap into some knowledge that they already know, but then cultivate those ideas. And then once they're in a position to where they can execute, you get the hell out of the way and you let them do their thing. And that's my version of coaching. And I was, I've been talking with a few different people about this and We've been talking about Wiley had said this way way back when I first met him about the coaching world being broken because it's all about so many, not everyone, but many are just trying to monetize and keep you locked in and always buying new courses and new books and new things and new shiny objects. But it's never getting to the root of the problem and then solving that problem so somebody can make a real change and then start executing on it. And the point I was making with this person I was speaking to was that that form of coaching, I think, is going to need to be trendy. It's going to have to start picking up some momentum in the next year or two, maybe even sooner, because the broken model, I think, is going to start to lose the steam, and people are going to just keep getting more and more weary about making investments if they're not truly getting the change they're looking for. So I'm trying to coach from that or consult from that standpoint of let's really dig in to what your story is, what you really want to accomplish, what issues you've been facing and why you feel these issues are plaguing your progress. And then let's make strides to fix it so you can consistently get a little bit better over the next day and then the next day and the next day. And then once you're ready, you can really start to execute on the skill set that you've built. I'm gonna step aside and I'm gonna let you do your thing and dominate. That's where I see my business going. And that's where I see many businesses needing to go because people are going to be a little bit more guarded in regards to their investments. So real transformation has to be a thing. And that's how I'm building my model now. And I'm hoping that it's even stronger in five years and beyond.
0: I love it. I love it. And and it's great because we're about to jump into the spark question which is the last question of the show, which I hate because I'm having a great time, like I said before. (laughs) Uh, But it's interesting because it goes, and Spark, if you don't know for my audience, if you're just tuning in, is from Seek Discomfort, an amazing brand on YouTube. You should check them out. Their story is to uh, create new adventures and meet new friends because a stranger is just a friend you haven't met yet. So let's spark some conversations. And what about your life is different today than it was a year ago?
1: I would say probably two things are equally as important. One would be the relationships that I've built in my life are over and above just, they, they've it's come so far with people that I've met through this platform, getting the opportunity to either have them on my show or be on their show or both. It's been phenomenal just what this world has given to me in regards to, or this podcast world has given me in regards to meeting some new people, establishing some strong relationships for business, for friendship, for both. If I hadn't have gone all in or hadn't have gone all in on podcasting the way I did, that may not have happened. I think the other element is that I am much more confident in my story and my ability to tell it than I was a year ago without question. I feel that I've told it in a number of different ways on a number of different platforms, but it still comes down to having a few chapters that are incredibly important. One being what I told you about when I was 13 and getting that opportunity to set up a card table at the mall. Another being when I lost that job unexpectedly. Another being that I had to make that pivot after I turned 40 and COVID kicked in. These are all elements of who I am and how far I've come that I'm proud to talk about because it's real, it's authentic. And that's something that I preach above all else with the consulting that I do and the coaching that I do is we have to tap into your authenticity because that's, what's going to resonate with the right people. And sometimes that can be difficult because you may have to go back on some things that were considered failures But in reality, they were just learning experiences that you can capitalize on today, because look how far you've come. Whenever that bad thing happened, you've grown and you learned from that experience. So now you can come out a little bit sharper the next day when we tap into that and then start leveraging that story to get more people lined up with your objectives. Man, can you accomplish some big things? So my ability to tell stories and the relationships that I have today far far further along than I was a year ago.
0: Oh, God, I love it. Um, Jason, I'm going to jump off the screen here. I'm going to give you a chance to let my audience know where they can find you, how they can support you, how they can work with you as a podcast consultant. Um, So, sir, the floor is yours.
1: To everyone listening, thank you very much for being a part of the show with me and Phil today. You can join me at podcastguestingsimplified.com. And when you land there, what I would encourage you to do is set up a free discovery call because from what I've learned over the years is that having a conversation is much better than just shooting text back and forth and going through email or just landing on a page and not having a clear direction of where to go. So you'll learn a lot when you land on my site, but Podcast Guesting Simplified is the first step. You can learn how we can work together, but ultimately set up that call because I'd love to have a conversation with you and see how our values align and how we can both help each other grow. And like I said before, working with me, we're going to dig deep and find that authentic story. We're going to get some things fixed and then I'm going to turn you loose to take over the world. So thank you very much. Look forward to connecting with you,
0: Jason. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm I'm looking forward to having you on again uh, f- further down and talking more podcasting-related stuff. So, uh, again, thank you so much. You bet,
1: Phil. Looking forward to joining you again someday.
0: To my audience, as you know, the show notes will have all the links to Jason's websites, his social media, and all that. I highly suggest you do. Go have a conversation. If you enjoyed the, uh, the, the, the talking points we had today, the conversation, and how where Jason came from at the beginning, go talk to him. It won't hurt. It's a free call. It's a free, like everybody loves free. So take the time, make the call, see how you and Jason can work together to take your, uh, your life 1% better and uh, with guesting and everything else. So I thank you very much for listening and remember to always invest in yourself. Hey, digital entrepreneurs, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Now, if you're looking to take your podcast to the next level, like most of these entrepreneurs have taken their business to the next level, to scale it, if you will, make sure you check out my brand new newsletter. Links are down below. It is called the Monetization Mogul Syndicate Newsletter, or it could be feel better stories of monetization moguls or making moguls is what i do so make sure you go ahead and check that out but i want to thank you very much for listening and as always remember to invest